All you reality TV lovers, we've got an extra special episode of The Girls Uninterrupted with our very own Aisha Scott from the latest season of Below Deck Mediterranean, all thanks to Hey You, the best of reality TV. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I love democracy, Emo. Well, happy Friday, everyone. (laughs) Goodness, you got them gripped, gripping the edge of their seats. The reason that I love democracy, I know that you love it when I pontificate on such matters, is um, democracy means that uh, if you do a poll of people um, about something like, should it be okay to say in the office and the majority of them come back and say yes it is okay then then that becomes the law that's how it works right it is not even a majority it's well it is a majority but it's it's a solid majority we're talking here 71 percent of you said it's okay to say in the office a crushing victory fair to say for the potty mouth brigade there am i exactly and a sad what was it 29 percent 29 percent who shan't be engaging this is News of All. Let's get to the show. I'm Emil. <laughs> and I'm Imogen. And this is what's worth talking about. You know what the worst thing about golf is? Yes, I do. It's boring. <laughs> no. It's elitist. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to tell you the answer I was looking for. It seems like golf is getting too easy and the balls could be the reason why. This is like those weird swimsuits all over again. Also, this sounds kind of flippant on the face of it, but should people with dyslexia be allowed to show up to work late, we'll explain why some people are arguing, yeah, actually, they should. Are you ready to hear about the funnest thing ever? Yeah, hit me. A competition with diggers. Oh. I'm saying no more, you just got to listen to find out what we're talking about. I'm sold. And, of course, it is Fun Fact Friday. Ding, ding, ding. That bam, means, bam, of course, it's, uh, it's time for another round. Who won last week again, Emma? I can't mm. quite... No, I don't know if anyone needs to be reminded. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll just leave that on the air, right? Eh? We've got all of that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz slash support. All right, Emil, let's talk golf. The three sweetest words in the English language. Specifically, is golf too easy? Which is something that... Nobody who's ever played golf has ever asked themselves. The reason we're asking that question, though, is because two of the biggest golf institutions in the world, the Royal and Ancient Golf Club and the US Golfers Association, feel like technological developments mean the game's too easy now for certain types of players. And they've come up with an innovative solution. Joining us now to explain is Stuff's planned content editor and golf tragic, Keith Lynch. Hello there. Hi, guys. Keith, what's being suggested here? Break it down for us. Okay, so so ultimately, for you know the last few decades, golf um, has had a distance problem. So the top golfers have been hitting the ball further and further, which creates all sorts of issues for what the game actually is at the top level, and it also creates issues for course design. And it's meant that really famous golf courses like Augusta National, for example, where the Masters is held, has had to buy new land to put tee boxes back further and further. That is unsustainable, and it's it's been a kind of a lingering problem for some time now. The um, USGA and the RNA have been talking about this issue for a while. They've been consulting with a variety of different stakeholders and have come up with a solution that will ultimately mean at the top level of the men's game, the ball won't go as far. And so what's that, what's that solution? Basically, it's to um, stop. It, it, it creates kind of a two-tiered system. So for, for me or you, 
people who play golf, you know, on a Saturday, there'll be no difference to our equipment. It'll be exactly the same as it always is. We'll just be as bad or as good as we normally are. But for the very, very best golfers in the world, they will be expected at particular championships to use a specific ball that doesn't fly as far as a mere mortal's golf ball. Now, this is not something that is, you know, this is not uncommon. For example, in baseball, which is an analogy that's brought up quite a lot, and at the very, very top level of baseball, they use a wooden bat, but in the kind of lower levels, they would use um, they would use a, a metal bat. Titleist, the golf ball maker, posted on Instagram their response to all of this, and they talked about the unifying principle of golf being that everyone's playing the same game, right, with the same equipment, on the same courses. So how are punters who play on a Saturday or Sunday feeling about this proposal? This is something that people bring up a lot. They want to go and play the same golf course as as the professionals play with the same equipment. The, the reality is that the professionals play an entirely different sport than amateurs play. They have access to fitting, to better equipment, to better technology, to coaches. So, you know, we're not playing the same game as those guys. We can pretend we are, but we're not. And, and this idea that we're playing the same game because we play from the same tees is also ridiculous. You play the same tee shot, but after you hit it 100 yards shorter than Rory McIlroy, you're playing an entirely different sport. And uh, Keith, look, on an entirely separate note, uh, it is March the 17th. Um, our listeners do have ears that can perceive <laughs> people's accents. Um, what day is it, am I? I think it's St. Patrick's yeah, Day. Yeah, it is. Happy St. Patrick's Day. And I bet this is the first time that you've been told that today. So um, there you go. Oh, also, question. Oh. Is the plural of Guinness? Guinness. I think it's Guinness. Like, can I have seven Guinness, please? Yeah. Good question, though. That should have been the lead question into this interview, I think. Mm, yeah. buried the lead there. I wonder why I said seven Guinness rather than three Guinness <laughs> as well. <laughs> On that note, Keith Lynch, thank you for your time today. Emma, the best example that, that cropped to mind for me when Keith was talking about that was Bryson DeChambeau, if you if you know that name. He was this mm, yeah. golfer. He was like he was a pretty good golfer in the late uh, 2010s. And then when the pandemic happened, he went to the, you know, he must have just hit the gym. He started really working out. He got absolutely jacked, like Dolph Lundgren jacked, and came back and all of a sudden he was just crushing it, like making 300-yard drives on the regular. And what's the bet that if they do change the size of golf balls, he's just going to get back in that gym and just get even better and suit the new ball? Yeah, just exercising different (laughs) body parts. Can't miss elbow day. (laughs) Emil, have you ever been late to work? Well, that's a bloody rhetorical question, Imogen, (laughs) isn't it? Do you ever have, what are your excuses? I have, a, I have like a tome that I pick them from. Although, uh, remember when we were getting our photos taken for our promotions for Newsable and you were, uh, what, 45 minutes late? Because you're doing your makeup? <sighs> <laughs> I know I promised not to bring that up, but. You oh know. my goodness, you know what? We're moving on. We're not talking about me. <laughs> A man in the UK has just won a legal case against his employer because they stopped giving him shifts when he requested a flexi work time. He'd been late three times and he said his dyslexia often made him disorganised and he frequently misread the clock. Dyslexia consultant Mike Stiles is with us. Mike, what do you make of this ruling? Well, on the surface of it, it's an extreme case and I guess that's why it's hit the media and that's understandable. Some background um, details. First of all, dyslexia is primarily a reading, writing and spelling issue, but there are a lot of other uh, coexistent features of dyslexia. One of those is poor 
time management and organization skills. And another one is uh, poor short-term memory. So I'm guessing those two things would have played into the situation for this uh, gentleman in the United Kingdom. Do you think New Zealand leads to put legislation in place to support Kiwis with dyslexia here? Really, I do. I have to say that the UK is a good 10 to 15 years ahead of us on matters relating uh, to dyslexia. It's covered in legislation. In New Zealand, we are the Wild West where it comes to dyslexia support. In the United Kingdom, the law requires, and this is where I think this particular court case hinges, the law requires employers to provide a dyslexia-friendly working environment. Mike, on that note, you know, because I, looking at the story, I feel like maybe some people would be kind of unsympathetic in this situation. You know, they might be like, bloody hell, it's just telling the time here, you know, it's 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 not that difficult. And I'm curious as to whether that is something that you have to grapple with, sort of like an, an empathy de- deficit, because for people who don't have dyslexia, Reading uh, and, and things like this are as easy as, as walking. You know what I mean by that? I have to say, the first reading of that case, my first emotion was, well, the guy should get a different job or maybe maybe his employer should have been more aware from the outset as to the full nature of this guy's condition and maybe set up a slightly different workplace routine Thanks, Mike. And Mike actually has a petition before Parliament at the moment calling for an inquiry into the services and support available for people with dyslexia across New Zealand. It appeared that a vehicle may have gone over the 80-metre cliff into the sea. There have been no bodies found despite considerable debris being washed ashore. Nine years ago, a man named John Beckenridge abducted his stepson, Mike Zhao Beckenridge. Soon afterwards... They vanished. Now, a new investigation is trying to find out what happened to them. This is The Lost Boy. Listen on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a triple construction for the ages. Heavy machinery, complicated, dexterous tasks, hordes of spectators, and probably a heart attack for anybody in HR. (laughs) This, ladies and gentlemen is awesome. We're talking about the National Excavator Operator Championships being held this weekend at Central District's Field Days in Fielding. Greg Lumsden is the local chair of Civic Contractors NZ and he has been out at the course today. He joins us now. G'day Greg. G'day, how you going? Tell us how you come up with a course for this. Is it like dreaming up challenges for like Survivor, the TV show? It's just, it's pretty stock standard a lot of years and we just change the technical aspects of it. The things like the tea pour and the popping the cork is, is pretty general because that's what the public like. But every year we will change the technical aspect of it. So the digging side of it will change to be a technical dig and one of the other days it'll be a fun dig so they'll just bulk out dirt so the crowd sees the machines going. Talk me through this for someone who isn't that familiar with um, with any of the equipment here. What do they actually do on this obstacle course? Well, I can't give you away too much because it's uh, we don't <laughs> want to give any competitors an advantage to go home and practice Fair tonight. Enough. But you know, things like pouring a cup of tea with a thirteen ton excavator is not something you'll see every day. <laughs> nor was popping a cork off a wine bottle. You know, so 
those sort of things, those are the crowd-pleasing things and that sort of thing. We cross logs, uh, pick the digger up and walk them across logs and stuff like that. I'm sorry, making a cup of tea <laughs> with a digger. Not actually making a cup of tea, but pouring a cup of tea oh. with a teapot and into a glass. <laughs> oh, yeah, with that's a- much more sensible. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, of course. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous, Imadra. <laughs> How do you judge a winner? Well, the best of the best. You know, so every, everything's scored on the ways around the track, the, the technical dig scored on, on the exact measurements that we get, how close he gets to that sort of thing. Um, if he's pouring a cup of tea, we look for how much he spills and all that sort of stuff, you know, and if, he, if he's popping the top off the wine cork, you know, if he smashes a wine bottle, well, you don't want to drink that there, so. Is it like, um... Everything's scored. Everything they do has is, is got a score to it, and it's generally a score sort of 1 to 10, and, and five, five and above is, is pretty good. Five and below is pretty shit. This must be a health and safety paperwork nightmare. Nah, we're as safe as houses. Uh, Greg Lumsden, have a great day out and uh, hopefully you get a good crowd there. Thank you, guys. Good to talk to you. All right, if you want another round of Fun Fact Friday gloating, go ahead and get it over with now. You know what? I, I don't want to gloat. I, I think that the important thing here is to disseminate interesting tidbits of knowledge, uh, whether arcane or um, en- enriching, uh, for our beloved audience to to, to absorb and, oh, and repeat on. That was nice. It's not what he said when we weren't recording. <laughs> Off mic, different story. Anyway, it's a new week, One which mil. means I have an opportunity here to get a win to my name. For those who don't know, on Fridays, we both come to the podcast table with a fun fact, and then you, our wonderful newsable listeners, get to vote on Insta on whose fun fact was the funnest. We're taking a tally each week, and the loser at the end of the year will have to buy the winner yet to be decided prize. We've still not locked that one down, but maybe next week. Why don't you kick things off, seeing as you you won? Oh, well, thank you. I, I will be You're more so than welcome. happy to defend my title. Um, <laughs> my fun fact this week is that there is no blue food in nature. There's no naturally occurring blue food. What about blueberries? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> but think of a blueberry in your mind's eye. Is it blue? Yeah. No, it's not. What are you talking about? Nah, it's purple. No, it's yeah, not. Yeah, no, it is. Have you made this fun fact up? Is this a, is this an Emile's decided there's no that blueberries aren't blue? See, you're trying to intimidate me here, but I have science <laughs> on my side, Imogen. Uh, in 2013, uh, scientists uh, who were studying this very question decided to use an instrument called uh, what's it called? A spectrophometer. Ah, uh, my favourite. Yes, and that actually tells you what colour things are. And they put this on blueberries, and the blueberries were more purple than blue. So, uh, yeah. I think the spectro, the spectro, spectro, the spectrometer might have been having a, a funky day. Oh, really? Do you? So, now you're casting aspersions on the spectrophometer, are you? Okay, I see how it is. Anyway, Imo, ball has been well and truly thrown into your court. Okay, well, it's St. Patrick's Day, right? Uh-huh. St. Patrick wasn't Irish. Was he English? No, well, this is up to up for debate. Is it? Okay. But scholars have determined he wasn't born in Ireland. He was cl- possibly, they're leaning more towards Wales. Right. And he was actually called Maywin Sukat. And at the age of 16, he was kidnapped by Irish raiders, taken to Ireland, sold into slavery. He did eventually get back home to either Wales or wherever it was. Then he decided to go back to Ireland, became a missionary, became a priest, and then became uh, St. Patrick. 
So the patron saint of Ireland isn't Isn't Irish. even Irish. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good fun fact. They're in topical as well. Thank you very much. Thank you. Right. Um, this is now in the cool hands and the warm embrace of our listeners. If you want to vote on who had the best fun facts, head to our Instagram page at NZ, or you can flick us an email, newsable at stuff.co.nz. Tell us who won this week's Fun Fact Friday. It was definitely me, but that's Newsable for today. I'm Imogen Wells. And I'm Emil Donovan. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on your favourite podcast player and leave us a rating and review. It helps other listeners discover the show and St. Patrick would want you to do it. <laughs> Even better, if you know someone who'd enjoy the pod share it with them spread the word and go and vote on the Instagram have a great Friday Newsable news that's worth talking about if you liked it and reckon it's also worth supporting please make a contribution at stuff.co.nz support